Welcome to part two of this out of line discussion with Lisa Gunger. Um, so, all right, changing gears. Okay. Um, social media. Okay. I want to hear about your, your personal journey and history of it because you were known a bit in the music world, right? Mm. Before social media even came to be. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So what what is your what is your relationship with social media? Like scrolling all the way back. Um, brief history of social media, Lisa Gunger, go. <laughs> By the way, yeah. if you didn't listen to the first part, she's naked and so am I. <laughs> because you know, the first part of this episode was about nudity. And so we got a role play. We had to be. We naked. had to. We just. We're had experiencing to. the freedom that comes. I mean, we're method about acting. having a they have a, a very regular conversation. Yeah, method acting about nudity, being nude. Great. Okay. Good. Social media. It's preparing me for future the future roles that I have in Hollywood. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> That's not happening. I think you mean Van Nuys. Yes. <laughs> That's where they make porn, by the way. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um. Well, yeah, it's weird because Michael and I, I was um, 20 when I got married. Michael was 19, turned 20 on our honeymoon. Boom. Talk about nudity. Talk about nudity all the time. (laughs) We were not old enough to rent a car or drink booze. Oh, my gosh. And we, at that time in our life, there was no social media whatsoever. So I remember the first time someone had a uh, a MySpace page and I was like, well, that seems really like self-absorbed. That was my first thought about social media. Why do you have to have a page that's all about yourself, telling the world about yourself, which is also a very two thing. We don't want to talk about ourselves that much. But you know this. I struggle between like, am I a two or am I a four? I don't know. That's a different conversation. (laughs) But when I discovered... Like Facebook, uh, I started a Facebook page because of our music, and I thought it was interesting you could connect with people, and first interesting thing was like connecting with some people from my high school and seeing what they were doing in their life. Um, I think at that point, a lot of people were connecting with their like high school sweethearts, so that there's a lot of those stories of going around. Uh, I knew a lot of people who were like, guess you will never guess who contacted me. So at first it, for me, it was kind of this negative thing of like, oh, it's just this secretive place for people to hook up with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, but then they opened up and I loved seeing about my friends' lives. And then I loved Instagram. Mm. Instagram was where I lived. I loved, I didn't want the long explanations. I didn't want to get sucked in. Facebook felt like this like soul sucking thing for me. So I, I never really got in, into Facebook. I just did it for business purposes that I loved Instagram and Instagram began to change as everything does. Uh, I felt like I first got to know the social media world. I tiptoed into it and really loved it. I think social media started feeling kind of gross to me when I felt like I had to do it more. 
uh, or it started feeling like more people were paying attention mm. uh, when I have to sell something. Uh, so I've had to pull back a lot with seeing comments or corresponding with people a lot. It took, I, it took a lot out of me to promote the book when mm. it first came out because there was so much uh, connecting with people. And, and there was, well, there's an aspect of it that I really love. I love hearing people's stories. I love the personal connection. Um, but I hate trying to sell something. Like, I, I hate it. Mm. So how I would have to just pause before any like interactions and go, okay, I be- this is my story. I, I, I love what I've said. Um, I, it took me a long time to say it. So I'm not just trying to sell some shitty thing that mm. I don't believe in. Like I, I've had countless emails of people saying, we've decided to keep our child with Down syndrome. We found out that we were pregnant and the child has Down syndrome or we found out there's a heart defect. We found out, or we've had a deconstruction of faith or I'm an atheist. I mean, there's so many stories that, that that's why I'm like, okay, that's, that's why I will try to sell this. Mm. Um, because I, it's connecting us. It's connecting me with all these people who felt alone. I felt alone. So social media is the thing that can, that can connect us in a really beautiful way. But yeah, just like anyone that can have the dark sides and I just really have to watch myself mm. how much I'm, I'm on it. Cause I can, uh, I can start feeling kind of gross. I have to, t- I have to limit myself for how much I look at my phone. So mm. How helps. do you do that? I look at it three times a day. Yeah. In the morning, like after I get up. So before breakfast, then at lunch and then before dinner. And do you have, do you use like an app to, to help you with that? Or you just, no. you just are your own structure. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at it three times a day, do you have a time limit of how long you will look at it for those three times? If I, it's all based on how I start feeling. Mm. If I start feeling like I'm sucked in or I'm, uh, start comparing my life with someone else's life, or if I start feeling disappointed with mm. if if there's any negative, yeah, feelings, then I just stop. If it's yeah, I'm connecting with my friend and it's there's this positive energy, then then I'm fine. So it's, I just am trying to like pay attention to how my body's feeling. Then if it's negative, I stop. Mm. I love it. Yeah. That's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. Um, what about with your girls? What's your What's your gut on social media with kids? Um, you know, Oof. Amelie's like eight. Is she yeah. aware of it? Does What yes. does she think about it? What do you tell her about it? And also, how much of Amelie and Lucy's life do you put in your social media feed? Yeah. Oh, man, that's... So that last question has been a hard one. Yeah. I've really struggled with that because I, I mean, it's I not. I don't envy you. Uh, and I don't have, I don't have a, an answer that mm. I think is the right thing. I, I started it, my Instagram account, because I wanted to share, I wanted to see my friends, kids and vice versa. I think I started my first, my Instagram when I had Amelie. Mm. Uh so I love that. And again, I get these emails where if, that we're connecting with all these people with children with special needs, or they've been on the same journey that we've been. And I love that. Uh, so if I never posted photos of my girls, 
I know I wouldn't get that, but I also know like this is this is their life. Mm. So I do think about that a lot. This is their life. Do they want this? You know, they've I mean who I don't know. We might get, you know, ten years down the road and I might be like, why did I why did I post so many? I don't I don't regret posting about my girls uh because of that connection mm-hmm. with other people. But I try not to make my Instagram all about them, mm-hmm. um, which I know other people, that's that's their whole brand. And that's like a friend of mine, they've adopted all three of their children. Two of them have Down syndrome. And like she changed my life because they adopted kids with Down syndrome. Mm. And while everyone else was telling me, I'm so sorry, she was the one of the first people, uh, strangers that said, oh my God, congratulations. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> so, so that's amazing. I love yeah. that. Uh, so I don't think it's only a bad thing. Amelie, she loves it when I post photos. <laughs> of her or just in general? Of her. Oh, yeah, okay. of her and Lucy. Like She's just like, oh, how cute. I think she's, for the most part, she's unaware that people are commenting. Mm-hmm. Like we don't look through the comments. Mm-hmm. I don't, we don't get into that at all. I'm not like, look what people are saying about you. Yeah. I really protect her from that piece of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, we don't talk about how many likes it has. I was going to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. Is she aware Stay of Stay like, away from that. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't want her to grow up with that mentality of, oh man, oh, there's so a, there's scary. an episode of Dark Mirror. Have you uh-huh. seen that episode? Yeah. Where they have to like everything and uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's so exaggerated, but it's. It's such a great representation of what we're headed towards. Uh, Black Mirror, right? Is it Black Mirror or Dark Mirror? I think it's Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Yeah, Black Mirror. That's right. Did I say Dark Mirror? (laughs) (laughs) Correction. Just wanted to make sure we were talking about the same thing. That's the other spinoff episode. Yeah, Yeah. it's the season two. (laughs) Season two. uh... So I might not be doing it right, but... I I just try to be careful. I don't put on location like where we're at, mm-hmm. or I don't. I normally don't post like right then wherever we're at. So I've heard you know crazy stories of people tracking people down. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's a piece I think about a lot. Do you mm-hmm. do you talk to them about social media? Are they aware of it? Like, does Amelie ever say like, when can I get an iPhone? And, like, yes. Does she does she ask that? And what do you say? I say not till she's a lot older and then Michael's like, we could probably forget it in a couple of years. <laughs> so it's hard because you want your kid to have access to you. Yeah. If there's an emergency. Yeah. But man, it just, it's a different world. Yeah. But there are those new phones that are like the little tiny, I forget what they're called. They're like light phones. I think they're called like light phones and you literally can like call like two numbers Yeah, and you can't get on social media and you can't, you know, it's literally for like emergency. Like I can call 911 and my mom, Mm -hmm. which is, that sounds amazing. I will, I would totally get her that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I'm trying to protect her from social media as long as we can. And she, I'm trying to think of when this was, it was sometime last year she did, or she sometimes does stuff for the liturgist podcast. Mm. And when she first did it, she doesn't ask anymore really, but when she first did it, she, do people like that? What are they saying about me? Do they, you know, she got really into what people were saying or it's also, this probably, this doesn't happen as much anymore because we're not traveling as much as we used to, but 
she used to want to get in photos with us, like in the the line for the fan line of, you know, us giving out autographs. <laughs> uh, when, I mean, she normally, I would normally keep her away from that after a show. Uh, we would go, we'd put her in bed, you know, do our whole good night thing. And we always had someone watching her. And then we would go do the signatures. Mm -hmm. And once she got a certain age, I want to say it was when she was probably four or five, she wanted to be in the pictures because someone asked her for an autograph. And she had her first taste, right? Yeah. You want, oh, I'm important. Why do you want my signature? I could see that thing come over her that's come over anyone that we suddenly feel our importance from somebody else, from the outside world. Yeah. So we would have long talks about that. You know, I think it was it was good. I mean, she's gonna feel that someday from from somebody. My mm-hmm. importance comes from out other people's projection of me. Yep. So, uh, but we've always been really open about that, mm. and she's gonna deal with that herself when she's older. I could just hope that we're having the the good enough enough conversations and good conversations, open enough conversations to where, um, and that I'm living that, that she can tell that my importance doesn't come from how many likes I get or my social media world. What do you think would happen if social media just disappeared yet? Like tomorrow? Ooh, that got me excited. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. That's interesting. That's interesting that that was my first, you're like, ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's all the studies are out that it's, I, I, again, for me, it's both. It's There's this beautiful connection. I think people, it's bringing so much awareness mm. to so many things that we've all been blind to that we that we couldn't have access to all these different parts of the world. Yeah. But studies show that it increases depression and anxiety and kids are showing... There's like ADHD, um, these different disorders are coming up at higher, there's the, what do you say, higher rates, uh, there's, there's, it's growing. Yeah. Uh, studies are showing that all, all of these, I don't know, it's, I don't know if the good outweighs the bad. Mm. Studies show right now that it's, it's more harmful than good. Mm. But maybe that can change. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to quantify, um, some of the, some of the good as well. Like I just think, I think about some of the sort of grassroots campaigns that are happening with, um, anything from, you know, the women's March, like all of that was very much a social media Mm -hmm. thing. And now it's like two years strong of a lot of things that are happening as a result of that. There's, there's, um, awareness of political campaigns that people wouldn't otherwise have access to. Um, I think even in terms of, in terms of our brains shifting when it comes to inclusion and in things like diversity, um, because rather than just seeing, you know, the same white people in your mm-hmm. tiny bubble world, all of a sudden, if you're on social media, you're going to be seeing people who look different to you, who are different. You know, obviously, you can curate your feed a little bit to be like the your idealized world. But for the most part, there will still be people that show up in your feed that look different to you. And I think that that impacts our brain um, in, in just what we see as 
normal, air quotes, normal in our world. So I don't know. I think, yeah, it's definitely sobering and a little scary Mm -hmm. to -hmm. think about what is happening, especially to our mental health right now. Um, But it's, that's part of why, that's part of why I like to have these conversations because I think it's so new. Like you and I remember like five years ago when it wasn't even a thing, like Mm -hmm. our marriages are older than social media, (laughs) which I mean, we've been married for like 52 years. The two of us both our marriages put together. Oh, I was like, I've been married 52 years. (laughs) I remember (laughs) back in the day um, when I was a virgin, when I, he just popped my hymen and it, oh, oh, so (laughs) do they call it a hymen these days? I don't know. That was 52 years ago. It's like all of a sudden called something different. Social media changed that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. Well, that took a turn. It took a turn. Um, I love it. But but I hear what you're saying. And I, but I think it does open us up to a lot of things, but, but but it also, we're creating our own echo chamber. We get to pick. Mm. It's constantly listening and watching what we're looking at. So how much are we only agreeing with ourselves? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't follow. I don't, I don't, I don't follow any like parties that are different than what I, my like, I don't, I don't follow a lot of people that I disagree with. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and I, and I wonder if we should I don't, I mean, who, what should anything, but I follow a lot of people that are super different to me and I don't necessarily, I don't know if I would say I disagree with them. Um, I'm trying to like, you know, play neutral here, but they're just people who are very different to me where I'm like, wow, I yes. wouldn't have seen it that way. And I intentionally follow them because I want to remind myself that I, that I live in a bubble. LA is a bubble. Yeah. I mean, yes. all you had to do is walk down any street in LA the day after Trump was elected and realized that we live in a bubble. Like Mm. every single person was like crying in shock, depressed. Mm. Like no one was like, yes. Mm. Like we we, (laughs) live. We all here were wondering how he got elected. Absolutely. Because we live in Los Angeles. Yes. Everyone Everyone here was like, how did that happen? And I, I mean, I was less surprised because I have a lot of family that, you know, loves, loves Trump. So I was like, oh yeah, I know a lot of people who voted for him. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was less surprised, but I think it's really important for me to not just get so bubbly here mm-hmm. that I'm just like, we're, we're all the same. Like everyone in the world is the same because yeah. um, we're not. So I just think there, there are like, there are positive things about social media and that is part of why I think it's good to have conversations that are really intentional um, to be like, what's working, what's not working. And yeah. also this is so new, like what, what etiquette should we have around this? Like what things should we be talking about that we're not? Um, like, I guess, I guess I mean, this is, this is interesting. It makes me want to follow people that I don't agree with, but the people that in terms, uh, the people that are opening up my perspective, they're still basically, we're all still basically agreeing. They might be pushing they're pushing me. Like I'm following people who are pushing me to broaden my perspective. Yeah. But I mean, I'll I'll be honest. It's it's definitely the more liberal, democratic perspective. It's I'm not following 
the NRA, mm. which maybe I should be, so I can be involved in that conversation. Uh, and I'm learning to see the other. I I feel like it's all the other circles in my life, in everyday life, that that happens. But Facebook is that way. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like Facebook is more open for me in that aspect. Friends, family, everyone's not on the same page with our ideals. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why I stay off of it. Mm. Honest, I mean, I'm just being honest. I'm not saying that that's a good a quality that I like about myself. Yeah. Um, I guess to me, there's I've, there, maybe what's going on in my mind is I'm facing enough of this already. I don't want to get on a social media platform because for me, I don't, I, I don't know what all the statistics are on this, but it, it doesn't seem like great conversations happen in the social media world. Maybe there's some, mm. like I, I, I've heard some people say, well, yeah, this person created a great argument and they really changed my mind about blah, blah, blah. But I don't hear that from many people. Mm. Normally, your mind has been made up. Yeah. The switch just goes off and you're not looking to learn from anyone. You're just looking to make an argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just, I guess, yeah, that maybe that's just for me. I, I should start following more people that are different uh, in their in their perspectives. Mm. Not, yeah, somewhat people that I actually don't completely don't agree with. That would yeah. be a good challenge for me. Yeah, it's it's um it's interesting because what I'm thinking about what you're saying with um you know not a lot of people have their have social media impact them in a, in decision-making where they're like, Oh wow. You know, I never, I never really thought about it that way. And now all of a sudden I'm going to change my ideals. But I will say one way that I think social media does make a difference is let's say you start posting, let's say you're posting honestly and authentically about your life and what's important to you. Mm -hmm. And people start to go, Oh, Lisa. Oh, that's Lisa. She, Oh, she's a, she's like an advocate for people with Down syndrome. She's an advocate for equality. For she's a feminist. Like whatever people start to gather from you as the persona that you create and what you share in your social media existence, and then someone has a real life experience that shakes them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they go, Oh my gosh! Like who do who do I even talk to about this? I don't even know anyone. I've never had anything like this. Oh, I know. I'll ask Lisa. Yeah. And I think that is one way that it actually translates into real life conversations. Um, even just this yes, week. Yes. Yeah. Even just this week, I had someone that I, I don't, I see probably like once every other year, we don't talk very often. And yet this person called me and wanted to come out to me and wanted to let me know about their process and was like, this is something that I haven't really been ready to talk to anyone about, but I just already know you're a safe space. Mm. And I was like, I mean, I was shocked by that, um, at first and, and just like grateful that I, that I'm a safe space, but I was just thinking, where does this person even get the fact that I'm a safe space because Mm. we don't hang out that much. And then this person said, well, it's just everything that you post. I just know that you're the kind of person that would know how to handle this news. Um, and I was like, okay, 
all right. Well, you know, it made a lot of sense to me just that that's where there is a line that translates between online and offline where someone's like, I'm having a real experience. I don't know anyone in my personal community, like my, you know, 150 people that I interact with all the time. Kind of like, where else do I turn? Social media, who's online that I can talk to you about this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I bet that's why so many people are talking to you saying, I'm deciding to keep my child with Down syndrome because all of a sudden now it's, oh, I know someone who's been through this and, and they're a safe yeah. space about this thing. Yeah. Um, so that is one way that I would say maybe, you know, yeah. it actually impacts real decisions. Yeah. I think that's a really beautiful avenue that never existed before. Hmm. And like how many, it'd be, yeah, it'd be interesting to think what would have happened hmm. without this without the, all these safe spaces. I, I, I mean, it's interesting to me that all these safe spaces are being created, but I think you have to, you have to be intentional about it. There's just countless people out there that are, it feels like the intention is for other people to look at their life and how wonderful it is. Like they're trying to make themselves a star. Right. And that causes other people to feel depressed. Yeah. And so you've got this weird thing happening where I mean, to me, I guess my perception of it is that you've got this person that's trying to feel important by by posting something about their life. They really have a need. Again, this is my projection, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) but my assumption is Mm -hmm. because of how people talk, if if there's never a a vulnerable conversation, Mm. there's there's just a certain dialogue that happens. In these posts, it, it feels like they're trying to make their life look really grand and amazing. So, because it's all, if it's about their career, uh, if they're trying to build up their brand, um, and so it's those it's those circles that is causing depression mm-hmm. uh, with other people because their life isn't doesn't look like that. Mm. Um, but I think it's all the people like that who are, I mean, like you, you have these real conversations through social media. Um, Heather adopted all three of her children. Um, other people that I know that they, uh, I, and that's not to say that every single thing has to be like some serious deep conversation. That's that's not what I'm saying, but I do appreciate it when there are people who have these very honest, real conversations. and. Obviously, you're one of those people because this person felt like they could come out to you. Mm. Like that, that's when I go, Oh, I, I, I need to hear more stories like that. Yeah. Uh, because, because I, I can, yeah, social media can start feeling like a drag. Mm. And like it's, it's dragging our society down and everyone's just looking at how many likes they have and, yeah, and how grand. it it makes me crazy sometimes I was walking through Atwater Village and (laughs) it's just sometimes and sometimes it's funny I should also probably just lighten up about it sometimes these girls were like in this bush like they're trying to get like the right angle and the (laughs) right yeah they're and they're just like backing their bodies into this bush and then it's not working. She got like poked in the eye and people are trying to pass. And she's like, oh, no, no, you got it. Like, take it again. It's just the whole like, it's that whole scene that mm. drives me totally, totally batshit crazy sometimes. I want to go just take, 
just take the fucking picture mm-hmm. and move on is the trying to get the perfection yeah out there for everyone to see mm. that I that I, I hate that aspect of it love the other stuff yeah that was a tangent no but I think it's I think it's good I think it's good to talk about the good and the bad because I think that it can be really easy to pick a side and be like, let's throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's so bad. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. Or it can be like the other side of yeah. like, you know, people who just live online and they make they make an income from their online stuff and they monetize everything they do and and like social media is their highlight yeah. reel. And and so there are these two sort of extremes and I'm like, let's talk about both. Yeah. There is there is a balance. There is a way to use it so that it's a tool in your life and it's not using you, you're using it. Mm-hmm. And how do we find that? Because it is this new, this new thing, this new wild, wild west that mm-hmm. we're just like, okay, so how do we not let it like totally take advantage of us yeah. and turn us into like depressed, anxious, angry, jealous, horrible people, but how do we use it as a tool to connect and empower and educate yeah. and, you know, really you know, I think about even things like black Twitter, like black Twitter is a thing and it makes a difference in this country and in this world. And I'm glad that it exists. It's amazing. Um, but that's one of those things that I think can just, if we just suddenly say like social media is bad, then we just like forget to see that yeah. social media actually is really needed and important for a lot of reasons. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Going back to your question where you said, what if it like didn't exist tomorrow? Mm. Like by wondering if, if it, I wonder if it would just be nice for a hot second. Mm. Mm. <laughs> just a nice breather for everyone, but maybe it wouldn't be. Like you said, there's a lot of people, their income comes from it. So the nice, nice thing, I like where you ended. Let me just say, I like where that ended. It okay. kind of seems like that would be a good edit. But social media it seems like it's taken the gatekeepers away. Mm. Like with music, yes, you used to have to have a label. Mm-hmm. Or so many artists that would never be ever be heard of live in a tiny little town or kids that have no money, they can't afford to blah, 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 like all the, uh, they, they didn't have a platform and now all of a sudden there is this platform for, for them to get noticed and heard. I wanted, I grew up wanting to like draw and I just thought well, there's, you, there's, you can't, even I wanted to draw and be a musician, but I thought artists don't make any money, mm. so I can't mm. make a living off of drawing. And now I see all these people, they have this whole world that they've created. Mm. Um, and I, th- I think that's really wonderful and beautiful. Um, but it makes me wonder why I don't think it's only good or bad. It's definitely both. I would love for the numbers to switch. Mm. I hear that. I hear that. Some good stuff. Yeah. Um. So three more questions. Yeah. Um. So uh, my sponsor for this podcast is Cat Footwear. Oh. Ow. Ow. Um. And one of the things that we do for every episode is a question on creativity and risk taking. Okay. And mm. I want to know you're a wife, a mother, a musician, an author. You have so many things that you've done. And how do you know what, how do you know what to do next? How do you find the balance between 
pursuing the things that make Lisa the artist, loving, creative, amazing, sort of free spirit that you are. And also like stay present to being a mom and stay connected to your husband. Like how do you, how do you take risks and stay connected to what is like the most important to you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. As far as like what to do next, I actually feel like I'm in this space right now where I'm intentionally like pressing the pause button because I don't, also because I'm 38 now and feels like I'm at a moment where I'm really taking stock of everything, which I, seems like that's a common occurrence when you're <laughs> yeah. close to 40. Yeah. You go, oh, I understand. That's that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. You're looking back on, on what you've done and you realize this is how many years it's been. And, and I go, okay, what are the steps that I intentionally want to take? These are the things that I felt like I've fallen into. These are the things I felt like I took specific steps towards. So what are those next specific intentional steps? And um, right now I, I feel this deep sense that I need to just pause so I don't just fall into the next thing and just keep going. Mm. Even if it's something really beautiful and wonderful. But just pause. And I, I recently took a drive down the one from San Francisco. Uh, it's a the the co- the coast driving all all along the coast so you go San Francisco down through Big Sur and Santa Barbara it's stunning and um, I think it's so it's so easy to be defined by what we've done mm. and there's been so many times in my life I've defined myself as that and then when that if that ever falls apart which it did for a while for us I felt completely lost and crushed and I didn't know which way to go and it it felt like there was this this season that I just was putting one foot in front of the other and just doing whatever I knew to do and whatever came along I'm taking it so it felt like there was a time where we just had to keep moving forward and anything that came along we were taking and uh now I'm I'm grateful that I get to pause. Not everybody gets to do that. Some people have to just run, run, run the rest of their life uh, to, you know, pay bills, mm. pay them bills. But I'm, but I'm pausing to see like what are the what are the next steps, and it's really hard because the first thing I want to do in the morning is just get going. And so much self-worth can be caught up in what I got done in a day. Um, But over the past, you know, ever since having kids, kids really pull us to the present. And sometimes that's a (laughs) scary present. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh my God, this is so much work. (gasps) It's so much work. But I find the times I'm like most stressed out being a parent is if I'm trying not to be in the present moment. I'm just trying to be somewhere else. If mm-hmm. I'm with them and changing the dirty diapers and cleaning up everything, and I really want to be doing something else. But if I'm just in that moment, I'm like, well, all right. And I've not got that down, by hmm. the way. Like I still uh, fall apart because I'm having to clean the house all the time or having to like 
take care of something I don't want to take care of. But when I'm present in it, it's like the it's it's so beautiful and heart opening. You know, when people I started practicing meditation years ago. <clears throat> It took me a long time to really get into it, to feel the benefits of meditation. And now I can't live without it. But I think for a while, I kind of drew this line between like, okay, meditation is this thing that I do by myself. And then life or like all this other chaos of life is some things that I just get through. And so I've learned in the past few years how to merge both of those worlds that I separated. How can I be so present with everyone and it feels the same as meditation? And honestly, it's only been the past year and a half that I've felt the same bodily feelings that I feel in like a solo alone meditation that I am with sitting across from you naked in this podcast (laughs) or changing a diaper, driving in Los Angeles traffic, like things that can normally be grueling. I've felt this shift, which has been really, really beautiful. Uh, so, so right now I'm, I'm trying, I'm doing that more. I'm, I'm not looking for the next thing, the next project. I'm just being and kind of seeing what comes up and seeing if that's the direction I want to take or not, which was really what's been interesting is as I've put push pause on everything, every song has always been such a big part of my life, writing songs. And I've in putting the pause, pushing the pause button on everything. I've really been questioning, do I need to take a totally drastic change? Like do I want to go to school? I mean, like super drastic. Do I want to go back to school like for nursing or counseling? Or is there something I can do something else to like this next part of my life? Mm. And what if, what a freeing idea, or do I want to work at a grocery store and be around people? Like, what is it? Um, what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and but it's been really, really beautiful. Like songs still keep coming up. Like the, I'm finding like, yeah, that, that, that story of my life is still continuing. Like I, I love writing and it's, I don't think that's going to stop. Um, cause I started working on an album before I did this press pause thing. I was working on a lot of songs and I've just felt this the pause coming, but it's nice. It's, it, it's nice to know that it's not going to stop. Mm. I think at first I was scared, like, okay, I'm going to press pause. Maybe I'm never going to write songs again. Ooh, at first it felt really scary. And then it was really freeing. And once I let go of that, it kind of came back. Mm. And I feel like I'm writing from a different place. Not necessarily that everything sounds really different, but I'm writing from a different uh, perspective. Is really nice. That's exciting. Yeah. I want to hear one of your songs. Yeah. Did I answer those questions? Yeah. Yeah. I would just the I, other the yeah helicopter. So you asked about yeah. How do I press pause? How do I stay present with the girls? Yeah. Like how do you juggle when you're about to take a risk and try <clears throat> something new? Like I'm just thinking about yeah. 
I'm just thinking about, you know, you, okay, you're, you're a wife and you're a singer and you're, that's part A. And then all of a sudden you add mother. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to take a risk and like, you know, move cities or I'm going to take a risk and go on tour while I'm a wife and mother, or I'm going to write a book while I'm a wife and mother and now an author. Like when you try new things, how do you make sure that the, the foundation of your life, the, the most important stuff doesn't get, you know, sabotaged mm. where all of a sudden it's the, the stuff that just gets kind of the back burner and you're like, well, kind of neglected you. Yeah. <laughs> well, my children are running down the street naked. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. Well, I guess now's the chance to talk to them about nudity. <laughs> just create lemonade. <laughs> uh, I, I've not always done it right. But I, when I start feeling anxiety and stress, that's when I know I, I need to rein it back on the other creative things. And uh, I'm not trying to, to escape any one of those things. I, th- I think that's when I know I'm unhealthy. If I'm trying to escape my children mm. to go do something else, maybe I need to learn how to enjoy being a kid more. Mm. Maybe my children... Maybe there's a lesson that I haven't learned yet from my kids. And I just really need to learn how to be present with them. So if I'm ever like just, and that's not to say that I fully believe in taking space if you can, if you have that, that's a privilege. First Mm -hmm. of all, I fully realize that's a privilege I have to be able to um, go create things away from my family. Mm. Not everyone gets that. So but if I feel that like it's just totally like I'm going to lose my mind if I don't get away, then I have to ask myself, why do I feel that way? And maybe I'm the only one creating that anxiety and it's not my kids, mm. you know, and kids, it's a lot of work. Kids, it's, it's crazy town. Yeah. It's totally crazy town, but it's also not crazy town. And my two kids have been the biggest teachers in my life in how to be present and how to like really be in this world really beautiful moment that, that I get instead of looking at the past or the future. So if I, uh, meditation's helped a lot. I normally start every day, I wake up, even if it's short or long, I try to wake up before the girls are awake and that centers me. So I don't start the day just running. And if I just start the day running, then I'm not paying attention. Uh, so I'm trying, I balance all of it with a really great guy who helps out a lot. Um, and that's shifted for us. I think we both started out with gender roles mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty well set in place, mm-hmm. but that's shifted. Mm-hmm. So um, we had to be willing to let each other shift and change. Mm-hmm. And that brought a lot of balance. I don't think it's possible to have balance. There's no way I could do this stuff if I lived in an unbalanced marriage. Mm. Or if I felt like I was in second place. Hmm. That's a biggie. Yeah. It's a real, real big one that Mm -hmm. there's no easy answer for. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I feel very grateful for that balance. Mm. And um, I, the other way I try to feel balanced is creating a schedule. So when work, when I'm off of work hours, I'm off and I'm not thinking about work. I'm not taking it into every conversation in my house. 
and um, also inviting our girls in to what we're doing, like Amelie helping with the podcast, or we write songs together, we play around on the piano. Uh, so we don't, I'm not like, I don't have this completely separate life mm -hmm. from my kids. And I'm also just getting really interested in what they're doing. Mm. It's not just about them belonging to things that I do. Amelie's really into like science projects or sli making slime. So like I get into the things that she's interested in. Mm. Uh, so yeah, those are yeah, the things okay. that I do help bring balance. And sometimes it just crashes and burns. It doesn't, <laughs> there's, sometimes there's no balance. Uh, but one, one thing Michael and I do, uh, that again, this is wonderful. When we when our marriage is balanced, we give each other a night off. Mm. So we both have a night of solitude. And that has tremendously changed our lives. Because mm. if we never had that time alone, uh, I think we both would be crazy. What is that? What does that look like? Um, is it like a night that each, each one of you just already knows, like you're going to always, I mean, I know this answer because I am your friend, but yeah. um, for other people, is it like you get Wednesday and he gets Saturday and is it, what does solitude mean? Does it mean you like go stay somewhere else? Does it mean you have a dog house that you go hang out and in alone? Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, he, he has Monday nights and I have Thursday nights. So we get to pick even, I mean, if I went a different night, we could. So that means you either, I can, I can do whatever I want. If I want to go hang out with friends, I can. But what I've noticed is I need space. Uh, so, so, well, we don't really, we don't go spend the night somewhere. Uh, sometimes we'll just go out to the beach and walk on the beach. Sometimes we'll go to the movies. Sometimes we'll walk around the neighborhood for hours and listen to an audiobook. That's all it is. Yeah. It's just about that time all by yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, which is funny because my next question is what do you do for what's like your self care routine and how do you show up for yourself? But that sounds mm. like meditation every morning and your Thursday nights alone. Are, are there other things or the things that you do that support you that you just would not cope without? Oh, body meditations is what I've been so into recently. Uh, this more so the past, this past year. Uh, so not just meditation, but yeah, loving, loving my body mm. meditations that I can't live without it. Are there guided meditations that you listen to, like an app or anything that you love or you just yeah. do it yourself? Yeah, just do it myself. Nice. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of, there's great uh, podcasts and meditations out there mm. uh, that are really wonderful, but I don't, I don't use them. You just you just love yourself. I love you myself. Don't need I don't need else. an app. I don't need you to tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm a grown ass woman. <laughs> All of the voices that just keep taking drastic changes. <laughs> um, last question. Uh, let's say you're in a room with someone and you're like, oh my gosh, we are so different. I don't even know anything about this person. What's something that you could be like? Okay, surely we have this in common. Like. Mm. I'm going to start here. We have this, we have this shared experience. What would it be? Oh, like someone's like, if I'm in the room with Donald Trump, yeah. I talk about a shared experience. Yeah. I'll be like, Hey Donald. Uh, Oh, <laughs> your face is in you. so much pain. <laughs> 
Shirtix, do you like do you like mashed potatoes? Is that but so you, <laughs> so going to food. Everyone eats. Everybody eats. I would go to food. Food. Yeah. Okay. I think that would be my go-to because everybody has to eat. Okay. Um, so so you're just in a room with a stranger. You're scared that you're super different and you, your common I would, space is food. I would probably bring up a delicious meal I had. Hey, have you been to this? Have you ever been to Los Angeles in this restaurant? I mean, if I was, honestly, if I was with Donald Trump, I would talk about many other things other than that. <laughs> but if but you were trying to if, connect yeah, I was trying to not connect, just kick shit. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, I live in LA. Yeah, this is, I live on the east side. It's my favorite restaurant. Oh, I love, I love Little Beast. That's where I, I love going. Have you ever had, so, yeah. They're it's a nice lead in. Yeah, nice lead in too. By the way. <laughs> By the way, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, we I'm are one. Kidding. He's he's part of us. Yeah, I would I would tell him I love him. Yeah, too. After I told him about the meal, I would tell him I loved him. It's a good. It's a good ending. <laughs> I like it. Oh man, good. Anything else you wanted to say? Are you included? You good? Um, good. I think I'm good. Oh, I will say I'll just say this. If you are interested in reading the my new book called The Most Beautiful Thing I've Seen. You can get it at amazon.com or I have a website, lisagunger.com. I would love for you to read it, hear your comments. Uh, really would. I, this, this journey that uh, I've been on with my family has taught me so much and, and I'm very grateful to share it with everyone. And thank you, Caroline, for having me on. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for, for sitting here naked with me. Being naked. Um, if anybody wants to find you on the social meds, what's your handle? Lisa Gunger. So Twitter's at Lisa Lisa Gunger. So is Instagram. That's all. Into it. Yes. And we the set anus. I was just gonna say full circle. Wide set anus. <laughs> Finsta. Find it. There's there's one photo in that Instagram. <laughs> if I all of a sudden have all these followers, I gotta start posting something. <laughs> you've been listening to out of line with caroline lee tweet me at team woodnote or tag me in your posts on instagram using out of line podcast and let me know what you thought of today's discussion and who you'd like to hear as a guest on out of line next this episode of out of line was produced by me caroline all sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to Cat Footwear for working with Out of Line this season. Hit subscribe to get the next episode on your mobile device when it drops next week. And if you love what you heard, please whip out a review, will ya?